to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Getting you, yes, you out there, and us, it was us as well, but you also in the game. On today's show, we'll be talking Eli Manning, he's gone. Jimmy G, he's in. Trab, Crabtree and Tlaib, not Trab, Crabtree and Tlaib, whatever. Both of those guys fighting the AFC wildcard race, Steelers Green Bay, the NFC South, Thursday Night Football, the Eagles can clinch. This is the Grenade Show! Yes, welcome to the Gridiron Show with me, Ollie Hunter, here in the studio. We have Will Gavin also here. Hello, Will. I, honest to God, want you to record the intro every single week. Why? It's such a joy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's both so joyous and excitable, but also just always teetering on the edge of falling apart. <laughs> in that kind of... I, I, I just... I love it. That's, that's, <laughs> I really enjoy it every time. That's pretty much my life right now. Matthew <laughs> Sherry, how are you? <laughs> All the better for speaking to you, Holly. Well, you're welcome. You are welcome. This is the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Uh, getting you in the game. Getting you, yes, you out there in the game. Are you going to host the whole thing? I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. No, so you're, you know. no not... you're back on. You, <laughs> I'm handing uh, the baton uh, over back to you. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk Eli Manning today. Obviously, 210 consecutive regular season starts, over 50,000 passing yards, 334 touchdowns, two Super Bowl rings, and benched in favour of Geno Smith. So we'll get into uh, some Eli Manning chat. We'll get into some of the other news from around the NFL, and we'll also uh, we'll also get into uh, some of the games from the weekend, the playoff race in the NFC South, the AFC wildcard race, which was blown open this past weekend with the Bills win, with the with the Jags losing, and the Titans winning. Uh, and we'll preview Thursday night football. So loads for us to loads for us to sink our teeth into. Uh, but first of all, how are you, fine gents? Either of you. I am very... I, am. I don't care who. That was Sherry drinking some water. I'm Grant. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, as well. It was the loudest uh, <laughs> backwash I've ever heard. It was... Uh, the, I've just run out of water. The water was, the water was behind me, so I had to reach behind me, pull the water over to me, and then drink it. The X and O's of getting the water. Great work. <laughs> In-depth, hot water analysis <laughs> chat. Yeah. If you want, I can send you guys the coaches' film of the whole process over later on. <laughs> the coaches' what? <laughs> film, uh, film. Yep. Great. Uh, great. I'm good. I'm I'm grand. All is well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Groovy. You, I've heard that. Um, Will Gavin, you are continuing this detox and gym regime. I went to the gym this morning. Great. It's a week. It's a week since I started today. Would you two like to know how much weight I've lost in the first week? Oh yeah. Can, can I, we, can can we, can I we guess? guess? Can we guess? Take a guess. Ten pound. Um, oh. I'm going to go one stone, one oh, ounce. Why would you go so high? Why, like, come on, it's meant to be you go lower and then I surprise you with the high number. Oh, right, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to go one kilogram. All right, now you're being ridiculous. I don't know. Come what, on, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's gone for ten pounds. I'll go nine. Rest- I'll go nine pound nine. 
the rest of this hour is just going to be Ollie guessing how much weight I've lost. I have lost twelve and a half pounds. What? Yeah. That's two stone. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's literally not. It's literally not one stone, Ollie. <laughs> how many it's stones? Nearly a stone. How many pounds in the stone? Fourteen in the stone. What? That is ridiculous. But it's uh, the thing is, I, oh, I've done six like six kilograms in a stone. Right, six point so, so one or something. So I've done stuff like Weight Watchers and stuff in the past. The first week, you always have like some massive drop off, and then it goes down to being just like a couple of pounds a week, pound a week, whatever. So I'm fully aware of that. I am not for anyone who's listening and going, "Oh my god, he's delusional if he thinks he's going to lose you know eight stone in the next three months." But it's an it's it was a nice little boost this morning after I'd finished talking to Sherry, getting on the scales and being like, "Ah, oh, look at that." Oh, so man. yeah, I'm proud of you, big guy. Pretty not, pleased with myself. Not only uh, are we proud of you, but the listeners out there are also proud. I can speak for them. I'm sure they are. Now all I want to do is go and get a KFC. Uh... No, no, don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you slightly smaller, big guy. <laughs> well, that's very kind. It's Matt. got a really that's great ring to it, Matt. R- right. Should we get into? Could be SSBG, couldn't it? <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> yeah, really could. That's me, SS, SSBG. Um, <laughs> let's get let's let's talk some football now. I've got I've got that news out of the way. Unless anyone else has anything they want to share. No, no? it's my Great. son's first birthday tomorrow. Ah, excellent. So we're all celebrating. Do what did you buy, little Absolutely. Thomas? Oh, all kinds. Far too much playpen, ha- loads have- of toys. Have point? you done that classic thing of parenting where, like, you make a really big deal of their first birthday, even though they're going to have absolutely zero memory of it? Yeah, what's the point? Too, too much of a big deal, point? but yeah, I, I'm yeah, we've, we we're having a couple of little tea parties. I mean, we're not we're not kind of. I've known some people on a kid, kid's first first birthday rent out a hall and put on a proper party. We literally are having sausage rolls. For an hour with people round at a cake. That's can he? It. Can he eat the sausage roll or cake? Yep, he can. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to know when he right? says we eat sausage rolls for an hour. Is it going to be Sherry attempting to set the record for how many sausage <laughs> rolls he can eat in an hour? Because I'm all in once, on that. W- w- once I've sent you the uh, coach's tab of the water, I'll send you the sausage roll challenge coach's tab as well. <laughs> can you? How many? Are they mini sausage rolls? I think that yeah, they're going to be mini sausage oh, rolls. See how many you can fit in that giant baby mouth. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not that. It's not that big a mouth. Okay, I'd, I'd still pay to see. But it. I'll try. Yeah, please. I'm going. I'm going twelve. The same amount of pounds Willie's lost. You can Great. fit sausage Great. rolls Great. in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, who is phoning oh, you? Boo! Unless Sorry, it's Leah, guys. then obviously answer it because it's important. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll put him down because. Oh, my iPod's ringing as well. Why does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> so angry. So very angry. Should, should we get to the news? Yeah, we should do. And do you know what, guys? I, I'm taking this news so seriously that I'm not even going to do the usual joke. I'm not even going to sit here and go, there's only one story we can possibly start the show with. A massive quarterback change, a benching of a legend, and bringing someone else in. I'm, of course, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey. That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> that oh, is great. not what I'm going to yeah, do. It really work, mate. <laughs> We're obviously going to talk 
about the New York Giants decision to bench Eli Manning. I have a lot to say about this, so this could take up a lot of the show. Yeah, go on. I almost... What If you've got a soapbox there. <laughs> no, not just my voice. As Between us in the discussion, I mean. Just get on it, mate. Just show. get on your, your soapbox. Well, do you know what? I'll pull us down and you just go. <laughs> Stop being stupid. Uh, because... There have been, there's been a lot said on social media about this and a lot discussed about this decision. And seeing the reaction of some former and current Giants players has been nothing bordering on less than farcical. Because I totally understand that this guy has been the quarterback for two Super Bowls. He has all the passing records and everything in New York. But And, and I also understand that maybe the organization could have dealt with this situation a little bit better. But am I saying it's the wrong decision to bench Eli Manning? Absolutely not. I'd have done it two or three weeks ago. I think it's ridiculous the level of vitriol this has received. Um, And I also think there's a horrendous amount of misinformation out there about the situation. Because everyone's going, oh, you can't possibly bench Eli Manning for Geno Smith. Let's be clear on this. The offer that was made to Eli Manning is that we want to see what we've got in Davis Webb. So we're going to keep starting you but then bring Davis Webb in in the second half of games and see what we've got there. Eli said he didn't think that was a good idea, so he decided we're not going to do that. I'm just going to say you should start the other guy. The reason they're starting Gino on the road at Oakland is they've decided that Davis Webb doesn't have enough reps in practice to start this Sunday, so he will start next Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. They've already told us that, and Eli Manning has already fessed up to that. And finally, this is not just Ben McAdoo's choice. This reeks of Ben McAdoo trying to save his job, but it's Ben McAdoo's choice. It's Jerry Reese's choice. And you don't think that Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo didn't consult the ownership before making the decision to bench the guy who's been their franchise quarterback for for 15 years. Of course they did. Like, all of the reaction to it has been borderline farcical. Right, I've got my rant out. Carry on. I think it was BS. (laughs) There we go. We're back in the room. Uh, Well done, mate. Thanks. I I don't think I could have put it any better. I desperately wanted to get all that off my chest. Well done, mate. I'm proud of you. I feel better than I did when I realised about the weight loss. <laughs> I feel like I could go and weigh myself now and I'd lost another p- a few pounds because that's been stressing me out since last night on social media. Wow, stressing you out. But, oh, genuinely, people have been making me so angry. We put out a we put out a, a Twitter poll saying, what's the worst coaching call this season? This season, this season? Bringing in Nate Peterman for Tyrod Taylor or bringing in Gino for Eli. And 43% of people think the Giants benching Eli is a worse, de- is a worse coaching decision. Get out. That's ridiculous. Somebody else talk. <laughs> Matt Sherry, what are your thoughts? I mean, listen, I, I can understand. I, I think benching for Gino Smith with what he's done for that franchise is a bad decision by the Giants, but... Forgive me if I don't have too much sympathy for a guy whose career started with him refusing to play for a team. I mean, it feels like a little bit like poetic justice to me. <laughs> that sounds like a bitter Patriots fan, and yet it's one of the best not, points I've heard. It, it's not. It's not that at all. I just think. I mean, two players in the history of the NFL have done what Eli Manning did, so that kind of shows how rare a move it is. And and. At the end of the day, if you if you go on like that, then maybe you you deserve something like this to happen later in your career. But do you not think that his play this year has deserved it, or it, it has his play, oh, his play it's been this... circumstantial because of what's happened with the losing of three receivers in one game and 
Uh, His play this year has, has absolutely deserved it. And really, he's not been a very good quarterback outside of maybe, I think, the season after the last Super Bowl win. I think for the first half of the year, he was really good. Since then, he's been on a gradual downward spiral. So, listen, I think what Will's saying, if you're going to play Davis Webb, then I have no problem with it at all. But by the sounds of it from chatting to Will earlier, it sounds like the... The offer was there for him to start the game and then Davis Webb to come in, not Geno Smith to come in. And I think for the rest, of, for most of the rest of the season, they're going to have a look at Davis Webb, which they absolutely need to do before determining what they're doing in the off-season. So it's the Geno Smith element that confuses us, but I don't think that was the Giants' intention from the sounds of it. And from my, point, from my point of view, and I don't know whether Will's mentioned this before, but that whole, you could keep your starts going, but we'll, we'll take you out after a series or whatever it is. That is the thing that rankles with me the most. I don't think he's been good enough, so you should. I I I agree with the the benching. I agree with that. He hasn't been good enough, regardless of the weapons not being there and the the roster building not being great for them not to have a serviceable and viable number one running back to to lessen the load. But the the way the other thing has been handled and benching him after after a series just so he can get his starts keep keep his starts going until the end of the season when he then gets traded or or cut to maybe picked up by the Jags or whatever that is the stuff that that I don't agree with benching him fine just bench him bring in Webb whatever don't bring in Smith Smith's a terrible quarterback I'm a really big fan of I don't think Smith's a terrible quarterback actually but I'm a really big fan of all the people who are saying that um this is this is a decision by the Giants to try and tank their season and get a higher draft pick. Guess what? Eli was doing a pretty good job of tanking the season by himself. They lost to the 49ers with CJ Beathard in the center. Like, a, t- a, a team who were winless at the time. I genuinely think if the Giants went up against the Browns this week, they would lose that game. Like, uh, the, real, the reality is a terrible well. football team. That their two victories have been major upsets. That's been the bizarre part of their season. Yeah. Like, beating Kansas City and winning in Denver with two results nobody saw coming. The games where you've expected them to maybe win, they've, they've been dreadful. So what next for Eli then? Because a lot of people are saying, Tom, and Tom Coughlin's been vocal about what a terrible decision it is, and he's obviously with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need a quarterback, because Blake Bortles, pretty sure he won't be their, their number one under centre next year. Is that an option? Is that a good idea? Or that, do you think do we think I would be bored? I would be borderline stunned if Eli Manning wasn't the Jaguars quarterback next year. There's some talk about Denver makes... as well. There's some talk about Denver as well. Yeah, which but... I understand why that makes sense and uh, I, the, I think the, the relationship him to go to the place where Peyton finished his career. I think that would be a mistake. Um, There's also but... the fact that the relationship between Coughlin and Eli is. I mean, Eli was crying at, at Coughlin's leaving conference, press conference, in in the where the media were. He was sat crying. So and his, his their relationship thing. is clearly very strong. I, I think if Jacksonville wanted him to get him, I think Coughlin could persuade Eli Manning to sign for Jacksonville over Denver persuading him to sign for... Uh, John Elway persuading him to sign for Denver. I mean, that is a two-add-two equals four situation that really makes too much sense not to happen. I, and uh, I, when you said that you find it hard to feel sorry for Eli, I did feel when you saw that uh, Eli being interviewed at his locker yesterday. Clearly, he was fighting back tears. Like I saw that, and I did feel sorry for him. And we should like complete side note to all of this stuff. Jerry Reese, 
has to go this this off season. That was the last thing I wanted to say about the Giants. Not just his so draft McAdoo as well. I think McAdoo's already out the door as far as I'm concerned. But I think Jerry Reese has to go, and you have to do what franchises should do when you're restarting and reappoint a team of people, not one of the jobs, and have a problem with that. Um, for the Jacksonville thing, the the, th- the fact is though. I think they'd make a mistake if they did sign Eli. We're talking about an off-season where there are going to be more available quarterbacks, I think, than than ever before between a strong draft class, between a number of free agent quarterbacks. I don't think Eli's good enough. I don't think he actually well, who, offers who, that much more than Blake Portals, and he doesn't protect the ball. It's not like if you put Alex Smith in Jacksonville, I think they win the Super Bowl because he protects the ball well enough, the running game's there, and the defense is Super Bowl worthy. If you put Eli in there, actually Eli still makes bad mistakes still throws the ball all over the shop I th- I th- I'm not sure he's actually an upgrade over Blake Bortles at this point yeah and, and I think that's a fair point but I just think I think Coughlin likes him I think he he will I mean he's an, I mean, I'm an hybrid upgrade on Blake Bortles so let's not go too far <laughs> he has I don't know mate I've seen you he, throw the ball <laughs> yeah I know and you have seen me throw that's the point um, but yeah I mean I think Alex Smith is the really intriguing name now out there because Drew Brees is going to sign a new contract in New Orleans after think- after what's happened this season. They're back in contention. They've got a young roster. I'd be stunned if either him or Sean Payton walk away from, from New Orleans now. Sam Bradford, I mean, does anybody want to take that chance now? Somebody will I- sign him, but you need to have a good backup quarterback plan in place if you're going to go in that direction. Case Keenum? could become a really interesting name as well I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's had a one year deal in Minnesota you would think that the reins go back to Teddy Bridgewater so there's options out there and I agree I mean if I'm the Jaguars I would certainly be looking in a different direction but I just think the Coughlin connection means that's what probably happens and he is a good guy to, to have if you then go to draft a quarterback high as well I mean Jacksonville have no real needs this year they could in theory, trade their whole draft class for another quarterback who's a developmental guy if they needed to. So, the idea of a veteran with a young guy works, and I think if you're going to go down that road, Eli potentially makes sense. But you have to know you can get something out of him on the field as well. Guys who are available this off season as free agent quarterbacks. You mentioned Sam Bradford already. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, we're obviously already aware of. Jay Cutler, but I don't think he comes back after this year. There are a couple of other names further down that are worth mentioning as well, like AJ McCarron, who actually, Case Keenum you already mentioned, who actually in theory, from what we've seen in the very small sample size of AJ McCarron actually I think isn't a bad shout for getting into Jacksonville and at least putting him in a quarterback competition with a rookie or something like that. Um, I still think they'd be silly not to draft one of these quarterbacks even if they get Eli Manning though. And there's actually a separate conversation to be had. The only reason I think maybe Eli Manning over the other guys I want to know what they're going to be doing with Marcel Darius and Malik Jackson because right now even with the rookies on that defense that they're not having to pay a lot of money they don't have a huge amount of money to be able to spend on paying a quarterback 20 million plus dollars their their cap situation actually because they picked up that Marcel Darius contract is now a bit more precarious than it was before that and they've got two very highly paid two of the most highly paid defensive tackles both of whom are actually playing in a rotation at the moment because of how strong their defensive line is so if they wanted to get one of those big free agent quarterbacks I think they have to let one of those big defensive pieces go and I think they should focus on building through the defense not building through the quarterback 
I think that's where the Coughlin-Manning relationship plays into it, though, because can Tom Coughlin persuade Eli Manning to sign for a a base salary of ten million with two million in incentives for playoffs and another four million for Super Bowl? You know, structure the contract the way Peyton Manning's last contract was restructured to. I think that relationship gives him a shot to do that where maybe another executive wouldn't have it. Because for Eli Manning now, going and winning a third ring, it guarantees a Hall of Fame. It takes a bit ahead of his brother again in in that list. I mean, I think he's in the Hall of Fame regardless, but it completely rubber stamps it. So what does he really need an extra £10 million a year, or would he rather do a top, what Tom Brady's done over the last few years and, and try and win now on a cheaper deal and, and let that benefit the rest of the roster? I'm not sure how it works. Blake Bortles is due to earn $19 million next year. He's on six point something this year. So is it, are, they, are they signing him to... Are they given, is it his five-year option this year? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's it. I mean... They, uh, is, is, that, is that just guaranteed for injury? Can they get out from underneath that? I, I'm not sure whether they can, to be honest. I'm not sure that they can. Looking at it, uh, it, it, it looks like... They, I don't think they can so I mean that's an expensive backup to have yeah but they're not going to be able to trade him there's literally no value now in, in Blake Balls so that's a problem that's a major problem I, it was a terrible decision to pick up the option so the, that means getting Eli on the cheap is is either a must or they try and get a quarterback who will sign for a massive signing on bonus in the the early or the later part of the the first round, which I don't think anyone um, will be able. Any of the top quarterbacks will probably drop that far. So the quarterback situation for Jacksonville is completely up in the air next season. And the problem is, is on a fifth year option, that is all base salary. So if they cut him, his dead cap is basically nineteen million. So cutting him's not an option. Exactly. That that's insane. I've only just looked that and up. And so that then, is... if if you imagine but... Eli coming in at ten, twelve million. And uh, his backups earning seven million more. I know. I, I mean, know he's the, got these the, thoughts of, of of earning a ring and um, going past his going past his brother and the lure of Coughlin. But for 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 anyone that that's that would rankle. I mean, the only thing I, maybe I mean, just maybe a f- they get a a Browns style trade for uh, uh, for a high draft pick they essentially give away a high draft pick to get rid of Blake Bortles like, uh, I just like don't the, see like who's going to be in the position with... to, off, to offer that up next year outside of maybe the 49ers because Cleveland are going to have to start using some of that cap room as best they can um, So I ju- and they need to start winning games, I mean they can't afford another year of of, of basic slow development there's got to be a major step up next year so it's finding a partner who has the cap room to make that happen isn't it yeah oh my god it's fascinating and I love it did you all see that I uh, mean the, the, uh, uh, I'm I was just gonna s- wondering go on come on Sherry the interesting element from that decision is it's easy to criticise it now but in hindsight he's getting paid like 3 million this year so they'd have looked at it as like a 2 year 22 million dollar contract and based on the idea that bottles would be year 2 bottles rather than year 3 bottles before the year you can kind of understand why they did it but it's going to bite them on the behind now I think fascinating genuinely is fascinating right shall we move on 
uh, and talk about some other bits from the weekend, etc. Uh, briefly mentioned, Jimmy Garoppolo will make his first start just while we're doing quarterback news. Uh, is going to start against the Bears, so the 49ers have decided that the Jimmy Garoppolo era has fully, finally dawned. Uh, a lovely little cameo at the end of the game after CJ Bethard went down uh, hurt and came in and, and um, uh, you know, two passes, two completions, a touchdown, a scramble, all look very nice, but obviously it's now going to be an opportunity for them to see what he can really offer down the stretch. Um, so there is a concern for me right now that the 49ers are going to win another game and then suddenly the Giants will lose out and we're going to be losing those draft pick positions uh, because we've got a couple of winnable games. Bears, Texans, Titans, all of those are potentially winnable with Jimmy Garoppolo. We only need to win one more and suddenly... We're falling out of the bottom. Uh, the Jags and the Rams are the other two. You could you could win one or two of those as well. Absolutely. So you're that confident in Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt? I did. The, I, 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 believe I think that we win one more Garoppolo. game. I think you've played a lot of good close games because of the defense, and the offense will take a fairly significant step forward under Garoppolo. Yeah, so we're going to suddenly start slipping out of the top two, which I don't want. I want Saquon. Please lose out, <laughs> lose out, but lose out, but in that that fashion that we did through that ridiculous stretch uh, from uh, weeks two through six or seven, whenever it was, when we lost five games in a row by an average of two points. Just, just do that again. That, that was, was great. Get back to having the dream season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, let's get back on track, guys. Um, uh, the other bit of QB news: Bruce Arians says he could see Blaine Gabbert starting in 2018. This man keeping getting jobs in the NFL is stunning. Um, Talib and Crabtree, uh, the kind of the latest on this situation, because we'll, we talked about the brawl kind of live on air on Sunday, but the latest from the situation, them getting a two-game suspension that's now been knocked down to a one-game suspension. And I happened to be on TalkSport last night when the two-game suspension was handed down and immediately said to, uh, to John Krieger, who's one of our US sports guys, I said, that'll be knocked down to one within the next two days then. Because it just seems like the NFL gives out suspensions willy-nilly for four games, two games, whatever, knowing that it's going to be appealed by the NFLPA and they're going to knock it down. Like I've never seen a suspension just so rarely do they get purely upheld when it's for an on-the-field issue. Except for if it's Ezekiel Elliott or Tom Brady. But this when one's it's a really big case and they're making a point that the yeah, rest of them just come down, don't they? Often those aren't an on-the-field issue, this is what I'm saying. Those are, like, if it's drugs, it's domestic violence, well. stuff like that. But if it's something that's for, you know, for Avante's perfect going in with his head, if it's uh, these two punching each other while wearing helmets literally the most stupid thing in the world it was always going to come down to a game and I think that's really really frustrating because these two should be missing for more than one game it was pathetic behaviour and the fact that actually the Raiders with the AFC wildcard race is are still in a playoff hunt and now we're going to have no Amari Cooper because he's still in quite a severe looking concussion protocol situation and they've now got no Michael Crabtree either I just it beggars belief Corderell Patterson that's what it's all leaning to Go and pick him up on the waiver wire, guys. <laughs> yeah. If you literally have no other option. <laughs> yeah. Just... I don't care about fantasy football anymore. Thanks, Neil Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is why you're in more than one league. That way you can, you know, have two or three fall apart I'm... and still have a couple you care I'm about. A, I'm a one league guy. I've just done a ridiculous trade with Josh in that second league he set up. 
that confirms that I've checked out with that one as well. Oh, why would you have done that? I don't even know he's still in contention. Ollie's going to win. I'm, 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 pre- I'm pretty sure Josh isn't in contention, so I don't know why he cares, but okay. <laughs> he's just having some fun. No, you're you're the, the leader in that one, mate. What? Yeah, you, you're 10 and 2. You, you're, you were a game ahead of me. Did you lose this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're both we're I, both ten to I still believed in the Chiefs. I'm nine but and three. You, your roster is way better than mine. Yeah, yeah. So we, I'll just lose to you anyway. Stop talking about our own fantasy teams. Is that all anyone wants to say about the brawl? Are we, are you... oh, I thought it was great fun. <laughs> I really did. Oh, a lot yeah. of people say, "Oh, it's bad for the NFL." People are watching, are turning to the NFL and watch it. It was a, it was a lot of handbags. Okay, there were some fight, uh, punches thrown and. Um, Crabtree did connect with Talib whilst Talib was wearing a helmet. I never know why people throw punches to hit them on the helmet. It's ridiculous. You're more likely to hurt your hand. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But um, I thought it was good fun. Why not? I don't endorse fighting on on I mean, you the football field. But I mean, you, you, it, that's exactly what you do. Well, no, I wasn't. I just enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Wow. There you go. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, of course, of course, both of you are right. It was both very good fun, and ultimately, they should be suspended for longer. Yeah, they should be suspended for longer. Why didn't they hand out a four-game fine or four-game ban, and then, with just knowing that it's going to go down to two, why didn't they do that? It's a, it's That's a valid. Clearly point. decided one was fine. Well, you know. right. But it is effectively uh, two because they were rejected early in the game. Yeah. Everything everyone's saying, I'm in agreement with. Uh, well, that's we classic about- Will Gavin wanting to move on quickly. <laughs> I am also in agreement, yeah. Will. What else should we talk about? Uh, I, let's 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 go let's go back and start talking <laughs> about some of the uh, the games from the weekend uh, because there's a few situations that have come out of the weekend uh, which kind of need to be discussed. And I want to start off with the AFC wildcard race because there were several games this weekend: Bills, Chiefs, the Jags game, the Titans game. The Ravens' performance on Monday Night Football, which all threw the AFC wildcard race completely up in the air. Um, and I, I, I'll start, let's start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars because we've talked about Blake Bortles already. Their performance against Arizona to get the ball back off the interception with a chance to win the game, then throw an interception of their own within the next three plays, then get the ball back with about a minute and change left and decide to not let Blake Bortles try and run you know a two minute drill to get down the field into field goal range I mean, run that, the that ball it was absolutely the right decision but then the second down yeah. was the problem wasn't it exactly they ran the ball then ran the clock down then threw the ball allowing uh, Arizona to not take one of its timeouts which gave them enough time to get into field goal range itself it was Doug Marone's been impressive this year overall but that was some of the worst game management we've seen in a season where we've seen a lot of bad game management and suddenly it was Doug Maronic. <laughs> that was better than some of your ones from the weekend, mate. That was thank good. You, thank you. Uh, um, I can And my problem is, is that somebody tweeted me when I was complaining about it, saying Bortles carried the offense today with two touchdowns. I'm like, they wouldn't have got level at 24 apiece if it wasn't for the absolutely massive kickoff return. He did a lot with his legs, which was impressive and something we need to see probably more of because he's not doing it with his arm. But he still made some dreadful, dreadful decisions through some dreadful, dreadful passes. And I'm starting to feel like we are really going to come down to the last game of the season with the Jags and the Titans both sat there needing a win to even make it into the playoffs because there's not going to be a wild card between them. And 
the Jags throwing away a season where they really should be going to the playoffs. Do you, do you think the Jags are going to make the playoffs well, looking at their I, schedule? I'm genuinely starting to feel like, for the first time in a few weeks, I'm not sure they are going to. I'm starting to feel like I, they're going to they're going to come down to the last game. I could see game. it going wrong. Yeah, and I'm really starting to feel like I could see it going wrong as well. And I'm desperate for it not to, but that game the way that game collapsed it just feels like one of those ones the Colts I thought were really if it wasn't for Marlon Mack uh, conceding the the fumble and then the turnover deep in his own territory to basically hand that game back to the Titans a game that the Colts should have won they were better than we've seen them all season against the Titans and the Titans weren't good enough I think we're just going to get down to a week 17 game between two eight and seven teams one of them's going to the playoffs one of them's not and it's going to just get ugly I'm telling you, the Jags are going course. to the playoffs. And I, I think they do it comfortably. I mean, see, I think comfortably is pushing it. The the X factor really is is the wild card spot because even at eight or nine wins, they have a chance at the wild card. So, I mean, it's difficult because Tennessee look absolutely awful as well, don't they? And actually, I think Titans fans should be hoping that the Jaguars make the playoffs and Tennessee miss out because they need to get rid of that coaching staff like immediately and, well, and I think I look at this I, no, mean, I, I think, look I at think this you're Jaguars. absolutely right <laughs> I think you're absolutely right but I think the, the, the difference with the Titans is that I think if they actually bring Derrick Henry in and let him do his thing I think Marcus Mariota is still recovering I think the Titans have an easier schedule as well they don't have to face the Seahawks they have to face the Texans team who are still defensively Jadavian Clowney was amazing on Monday Night Football can still stop teams if they don't get I in mean, their the own Titans, way the, the Titans play the Texans this week but then they're, then they're at the Cardinals who, who are a decent team I mean they're not great and they also have the Rams. It's a game that you would think they'd lose. The Jaguars host the Seahawks. I think the other three actually looking at a very winnable. The the one yeah. that I would say is make or break for them is at the 49ers because I think Garoppolo pushes the needle slightly for San Francisco. So I think that game becomes more difficult. Um, but I think if they win that, they'll probably do it. Yeah, I'm just concerned. I my, I was genuinely convinced we'd get an AFC South winner and an AFC South wild card. And I look at the other teams. Now, the, 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 the Chargers are very much in with a shout at the playoffs, either as a wild card or actually by winning the division right now. Because the Chiefs were utterly dreadful against the Bills this weekend. They, like, what made them so good earlier in the season and what made uh, Kareem Hunt so good was they threw the ball down the field... And that opened up the opportunities for Kareem Hunt. What They've just completely given up on the deep game altogether. Alex Smith is back to going completely horizontal instead of vertical. And it's like they've lost all confidence in what they were doing because they've gone on a losing streak. And unless they start to get a bit more creative again, I, I'm really concerned about the Chiefs, which allows the Chargers in on that front. But then the Bills beating the Chiefs puts them back in interesting contention. The Ravens winning on Monday Night Football makes them interesting. The Bills Suddenly have to the... the Patriots twice. Now that's an issue. And both ga- both games will be relevant as well because they play them this week in Buffalo and then they play them as the penultimate game. So the, that would be the game where the Patriots, if they beat the Steelers, would need to win in order to guarantee the first seed. 
So that game's likely going to be a, an important one to the Patriots. Although, if the Patriots lose to the Steelers, that could heavily play into Buffalo's hands. Because the mm-hmm. Patriots and the Steelers are so far ahead of the rest of the AFC in terms of the 1 and 2 seed, that if the Patriots lose that game, they're pretty much guaranteed to be the 2 seed and might start just phoning it in for the rest of the season. Take their foot off the gas. Uh, get themselves ready for the offseason. The only other thing that makes me think that the, the Jags and the Titans, one of them has a real shot at the wild card, despite what we saw this past weekend, is the Ravens won on Monday Night Football. The best player on their offense was their punter. Yeah. Slash Alex Collins. Alex Collins did have a decent game and obviously got the touchdown, but they're relying on Alex Collins to basically run their offense right now. Joe Flacco is as benchable as Eli Manning right now. If they, if they still had Tyrod well, with, Taylor with, in Baltimore. Without question. Without question. If they, if they I mean, still he's had another Taylor one, Will. Well, you mentioned Eli Manning's yards per completion. Flacco's right down there in that stat as well. And that that's one of the most important stats in, in judging a quarterback as well. Yards per attempt. He um, And the other thing was, he clearly still got a big arm. But did you see the accuracy on the deep throws he attempted? All over the but, place. Mike Wallace had some good yardage and by the way I lost to my wife in fantasy this week by 0.4 points because she had Mike Wallace and it's a PPR league if it wasn't a PPR league I wouldn't have lost (laughs) well you've only got yourself to blame it was a dagger to the heart and it may have put me out of playoff contention it probably hasn't because I've got enough points to kind of win the deciders but it's a really tight league and yeah it was it was painful really painful but Mike Wallace had five big catches because he caught a lot around the line of scrimmage and made some really good plays not what we expect from Mike Wallace he attempted to find him deep five or six times and didn't come within five yards of him it was dreadful not good man not good at all uh, so if I had to get you to put your neck on the line fair word to you first Sherry who are your AFC playoff teams um, outside of well there's no outside of the obvious not Patriots, Steelers Titans um Patriots, Steelers, Titans in the West, Chargers, then I would go with Jacksonville as one of the wild cards and the Ravens as the other. Oh, the Chiefs falling out altogether, Ollie. They, they just look so bad. I, I am taking, obviously, Patriots, Steelers. I think the Chiefs will turn it around. Going the Jags, the Titans, and the Chargers. I think I think I'm going. I'm same as Ollie, but I'm going to swap the Jags and the Titans. I think the Ravens' offense is so bad their defense yeah. can't keep saving them. That's my only thought. But I think the Titans might overtake the Jags because I think the Jags will lose a couple more games. But it's all ugly anyway. Either way, what about the Steelers at the top of the division? Because we had Steelers Green Bay on Sunday Night Football on Talk Sport. What a game! Uh, the hope that kills you, Ollie. Oh. Uh, I mean, your offense was predicated basically on the on the Steelers giving up three or four really big plays and uh, fell off a, a cliff in the second half. But you know, you kept it tight right to the end. Uh, the Steelers went from being looking like world beaters a week earlier to suddenly looking very average again. And I'm just—they're so up and down. I really want somebody to compete with the Patriots in the AFC this year, but the Steelers 
just seem to go from being the best team in the league one week to being right down in the middle of the pack the next. Well, I think they've only scored over 30 points once. And Which before, is amazing! Before this game, so it was 31 points, and that was thanks to last-second Boswell field goal to, to down the Packers. The problem, I, I said it on the NFL show yesterday, and I said that it was a bit of Green Bay being a bit better than they than we thought, and the Steelers playing down to Green Bay's level. And I, I kind of stand by that a bit more. The Green Bay not capitalising on the the various turnovers. I think it was two interceptions by Big Ben, both of them not very good. One of one in uh, fumble by Lev Bell, and I think that that encapsulated the Steelers' night. That Lev Bell, who we know how great he is, just coughing up the ball and giving the ball away. The, the difference between the two teams wasn't Big Ben necessarily. It was Antonio Brown, and if Antonio Brown continues to be the joint best wide receiver in the league, then they've got a chance of the of the of the Pats. But the offense isn't clicking necessarily without Antonio Brown, which I think is a worry for the Steelers. Um, so the Steelers, so I've obviously invested in this now because of the collision course that they're on with the Patriots. So I've been doing a bit of research. This is the Steelers' season so far. They've beat Cleveland by three points. They've beaten Minnesota 26-9, which looks great. But that was the first game without Bradford and Keenum's first game. And just an unusual situation. Um, They lost at Chicago. They beat Baltimore 26-9 as well. But that was when Brandon Williams wasn't playing and there were problems. They lost 30-9 against Jacksonville. Their signature win was at Kansas City, which looks worse by the week. They beat Cincinnati at home 29-14. They squeaked past Detroit on the road 2015. Squeaked past Indianapolis 2017. A very good win on Thursday night football against Tennessee 4017. And then they've sneaked past Green Bay. They've played a collection of the worst teams in the NFL. They've had a terrible schedule against them. Their defence has looked great but was horrific the other night and... I question whether it's that good against teams that have viable offense. Just, just, just to, got head... just, to, just to come on on that very point, the the issue of what Joe Hayden does for that cornerback group is, yeah, and it, he'll be it, and he'll it, be it back. Changes. So that uh, he'll be back. I'm not so sure he'll be back. I'm not sure he'll be back for week 15. I mean, he'll be back for the playoffs, but it remains to be seen whether he's back for the week 15 game against the Patriots. But and then they've got a head coach who, getting interviewed on NBC the, the night before this game, says, oh, well, all we care about and all we're thinking about is the game against the Patriots. And, oh, by the way, that'll be the first of two games because we're on collision course for the playoffs. That's a great thing to send through the building, isn't it? I wonder what... How do you convince your players to buy in week to week when you basically admit that all you care about is the Patriots game and, oh, by the way, we're already thinking about the AFC Championship game. There's a lot of work to be done between now and then to get to the AFC Championship game. So if Pittsburgh fans want to know why they've not won any titles in the last few years, I would start looking at the head coach because that was absolutely ridiculous. Could you imagine Bill Belichick saying that? What I really liked about it is that Tony Dungy called him out at the time. Like, didn't mess uh, around. So he should. It's basically like, what are you saying? What are you? What, where? Where is your head at? If you're saying that, Tomlin. Yeah, it it's very just funny. absolutely ridiculous. I mean, so all of the things that are wrong with the Steelers. I mean, the main thing that I would question is even with Joe Hayden, 
if the defence doesn't play man-to-man, then Brady will pick them apart like he always does. And and they'll take advantage of the fact that Steelers' defences are overly aggressive and over-pursue and they'll run a flea flicker or something and get a 50-yard touchdown. I mean, all of those things need to change for Pittsburgh to beat the Patriots and I'm not convinced any of them will. And And... Even though I'm a Patriots fan, it frustrates me because that roster is insanely talented. I mean, it's it's definitely the most talented roster in the AFC. They should definitely reach the Super Bowl with the roster that they've got. But I think they're going to be undermined by the coaching staff. Remember my rant to start the podcast, Ollie? Yeah. <laughs> Was I as bad as that? No, you were worse. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Shall we move on and talk about uh, the, the only last two things I, I really want to talk about? Thursday night football tonight, the Eagles can clinch if uh, Dallas lose to Washington. Which but will I, I, from, from this past weekend, the last thing from this past weekend I want to talk about is the NFC South. Three results the Panthers uh, up against the Jets, not performing up to the level that we've expected from them in recent weeks, but at least going and getting themselves a win. The Falcons beating the Buccaneers and uh, the Saints losing to the Rams and, and being kind of saved a little bit by one garbage time touchdown and one massive play from Alvin Kamara. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been a great performance. I'm going to put this out there into the world now. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to win the NFC South. And I think the Saints might not even make the playoffs. They've lost Teron Armstead, potentially, after he went down this weekend. And without those corners, their defence is a shambles. I, I, I do not think the issue was their defence in, in, the, in the game against the Rams. I, I think the issue is Drew Brees isn't as good a quarterback as he's been in recent years. And thought he looked really good at the start of the season, but the last couple of weeks when, obviously, he had the great comeback against Washington, but, but the fact that they needed to do that in the first place was an issue. And, and, and I mean, the, the, he could have thrown four or five interceptions in this game on Sunday, and I just think... What we saw, really, my biggest takeaway from that game is how that Rams defence is really starting to come round to Wade Phillips. And and I think I agree with you, Will. I mean, Atlanta and New Orleans, I think, have got to play each other twice over the Atlanta, rest of the season. So. Atlanta have got to play the Vikings, the Falcons twice, and the Panthers. Plus sorry, the Buccaneers the, uh, Atlanta have got to play the Falcons twice, have they? Uh, sorry, the, the Saints twice, the Vikings, and they have to finish with the Panthers, which I think is hopefully going to be the Sunday night football game on the last week of the season, and they've got to beat the Buccaneers. If the Saints don't get players back healthy, I think the Falcons could sweep them based on the way they're playing at the moment versus the way the Saints are playing. But I wasn't that impressed with, with the way Atlanta played against Tampa Bay. I thought Tampa Bay played their best game of the season, and I thought they still... The Falcons gave up one horrendous drive where their defence just seemed to go completely missing. But beyond that, I thought they were the superior team and probably should have won by a much bigger margin. I just think the issue is that the Falcons are not going to play a team every week. Unless they play Green Bay, because this is exactly what they did against Antonio Brown, who basically play a soft zone defence that allows great wide receivers to, to eat them alive. I think any viable defensive coordinator is going to put attention on Julio, and I still think when that happens, you don't get the offensive explosion from the Falcons. 
I think it's it's by miles the best, the most exciting. Like if I just had to watch one division for the rest of the year, yeah. the fact that the Falcons we've just gone through their schedule. The Saints obviously play the Falcons twice, plus the Panthers. Their other two games are against the Jets and the Buccaneers. That leans in their favour a little bit, but I could see them losing all three divisional contests. And then the Panthers play obviously based on what we've already said, the Saints and the Falcons once. But then their other games are against the Vikings the Packers and the Buccaneers <laughs> I mean it is ludicrous the I don't care the interdivision I literally... matchups the NFC North versus the NFC South and then they're all playing each other and you, you worry a bit about the, the Panthers secondary the way that they let 100 yards to both Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse and the, the lack of pr- pressure that they put on, on Josh McCowan as well but they're getting stuff done in the running game and then the Saints with all of their injuries in their backfield and then Armstead as you said and then the Falcons just coming up playing suddenly starting to get things right on the offence and their defence is doing okay but there was the worry against the Buccaneers and then what are the Vikings going to do will the Packers have Aaron Rodgers back it is so so interesting it is brilliant I know there'll be other stories that emerge and the AFC wildcard race in particular looks really interesting but for me I could just genuinely uh, the NFC South is what I care about for the rest of the season at this point that's why I'm really excited to watch when, how it pans out when could Aaron Rodgers actually come back? 15th Fif- week 15 which is against the Panthers the 17th that's when he's eligible to come back first did you see really? his, did, so, did, so did, if... did you see him throwing passes uh, pre-game yeah. on Sunday he was throwing 50-yard passes through the air. Just no problem. On a broken collarbone. His release is a disgrace, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? It uh, just... The way it pings out of his hands, like, the way... Like, a, a, a broken collarbone can genuinely be something where the the way that it resets against the muscle can really, fu- uh, like, mess up your... <laughs> <laughs> that was close. Can really mess up your throwing motion. And, like, you have to go back and relearn how to throw the ball. Watching him get before the Steelers, just pinging the ball down the field, 30 yards, 50 yards, just with no problem whatsoever. It's It was a disgrace. It was disgusting. And given all... The- so, basically, the, the Packers' season hinges on the next two games, doesn't it? Because if they lose... Either of the next two, I think they're done. Because I don't think nine and seven has any chance of getting them in. I'm absolutely with and you. That's and that's the best that could finish. You've got to think about what the Lions are doing as well. They've got the Ravens up next, so I'm hoping for a, a Ravens victory there. But given all of the interconference and interdivisional matchups between the NFC South and the NFC North, conceivably, if the Packers win their next next two games against the Bucks and the Browns, and the a- a- NFC South are taking games off each other. The Vikings do the the the, the Packers a favor favor by beating the Panthers, the the, the and the, the Saints and the Falcons and the, the Saints and the Falcons. Then you have an you have a window there where the Packers can slide in, just slide into their DMs and get into the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, in theory, in theory, you're talking about sliding in, right? The Vikings have to play have to play the Falcons the Panthers the Bengals the Packers uh, the Bengals maybe not um, <laughs> I was just looking at it could they lose out I don't think they could lose the out Vikings the Vikings can't lose out Bengals and the Bears the, it, so you've got to win out you've got to win out we it's have to win out basically Brett Hundley and Aaron Rodgers need to combine and run the table but that final game against the Vikings 
it would be really interesting to see because the Vikings will have clinched the, the division they'd have clinched the playoffs it'd be really amazing to see if they put out a full full strength side to try and knock the Packers out of the playoffs or if they rest for the playoffs I, I don't know what they'll so do the next two weeks you've got the Bucks at home and the Browns on the road yeah eminently winnable game both of them yeah, absolutely. That's what I've said. The season hinges on winning those two very winnable games. I mean, so the other question is, so who is the Vikings' last five games? Literally all of the NFC South. No, no, I got that wrong. Sorry, that was my bad. I got that wrong. The Vikings, because they've already played. Sorry, I yeah, that was my bad. I got it wrong. They don't play all of the NFC South. Uh, they, they've already played. They, they've already uh, played the Saints. They've got to play the Falcons, the Panthers, Bengals, Packers, Bears. Okay, so Bengals is. But Falcons and Panthers so are both nine, on the road. Right? Yeah, my bad. The Packers game is week 16, not week 17. But even so, they might have clinched the division by then. I don't know. I, I They've mean, got to go into Atlanta yeah, and this, into Carolina. By the same account, Ollie. Will the Vikings win enough to win the division? Guaranteed. What are they? So there? Nine they, and just say for exit. Nine and two, yeah. Nine and two. So just say they lose at the Falcons, at the Panthers. They'll beat the Bengals at home. That means they'll have so ten and four. Ten and four. Green and then Bay win go the next two three. The Packers. Green Bay win the next three. Say against the the Bucks, the Browns, and the Panthers. That makes them. Nine and five, so they're a game behind. What, what we could be heading, what we could be heading towards, guys, is on Christmas Eve, which I think is the Saturday night going into Christmas Eve morning, which is live on Talksport. It's Sport. Vikings at Packers, live that on Talksport. Ultimately, said that. But. That game ultimately, could, which is live on Talksport. If the Vikings, <laughs> oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> if the Vikings win that game. It seals the division for them, and if they lose it, it could mean that it goes to week seventeen for whether for the NFC North. So what would? So by the way, Ollie, they 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 can't they can't be. You just said they could be eight and five. They've already lost six games. Sorry, yeah, but eight and uh, nine and six. It would be what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. <laughs> you know so you'd be seven and six. Yeah, if you win it. the next. Eight and six if you win the next three. Yeah, you're before right. That game. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I'm right, we've talked. Of, a, we've talked a long time about the NFC North, which wasn't the intention. Uh, should we just talk a little bit about Thursday night football? Uh, this is a no. game I, uh, for the first time this season, with a prime time game, I am going to keep up on my sleep rather than watch. I've just decided already. I think that's a good idea. Every prime time game. Almost all of them. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've I've definitely started every single primetime game. I may have fallen asleep <laughs> on Monday Night Football. I woke up to a mes- message from Will Gavin saying, "What's Tom Savage done in the fourth <laughs> quarter?" I don't know. I was asleep. That's that's because you were uh, the way that was working. I was doing extra time. I was presenting on Talk Sport and had the game on. Oh, were you? I, obviously I didn't can't... realize. I obviously can't be paying full attention to the game while I'm working and Ollie was keeping me updated on some of the stuff I was missing via WhatsApp just giving me a little running commentary as well there you go that's that's the service I provide you guys it was lovely, lovely aren't you? <laughs> um, I, I, this is one of those games that actually could end up being a really good game I just I I can't watch the Cowboys again right now the, the last few weeks has been so difficult to watch 
the the from the loss to the Falcons, which we were obviously there to right up to that demolition by the Chargers. Uh, unless something changes in a big way, they are just unrecognisable from the team of last season. And I know they've obviously lost big players, but yeah, it's a very, very difficult team to watch. And then Washington seemed to be, for a team who we wanted to praise for really playing above their standard earlier in the season, kind of fallen back to the mean a little bit. And yeah, they got past the Giants, but it wasn't impressive. And they were great against the Saints, but then fell behind. They seem to be that kind of team. We'll play well and lose or we'll play badly and win. And I can imagine tonight being a play badly and win night. The Giants' defence actually played really well, but again, I think it's a, it was a case of Washington being dragged down by the Giants' ineptitude. Um, so could that happen against the Cowboys again? I don't think Dak could possibly have a worse game, but the Washington defence has been okay this season. So it, it really is a, a coin flip game, especially given that it's at AT and T. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I've got Washington just I, because I, the Cowboys think, are awful. I think Washington win, and in this playoff mix that we're talking about, Washington could run the table. They're at Cowboys, at Chargers, which is the one really tough game. But then they host the Cardinals, host the Broncos, at the Giants. Wow! Oh great, man, that's a great point. So they don't play a winning team There's again for the rest team of the season. To put in the mix. Oh, it's yeah, all it's all very exciting, isn't it, guys? All very exciting, isn't There's it, guys? So many permutations, and we haven't even spoken about uh, the Cowboys Giants been flexed out. Oh, this it's so amazing! Isn't that great? It, uh, I'm I'm annoyed that Ram Saints was it not Ram Saints Ram Seahawks. Or whatever it is, whatever the game was in week 15 that's not been moved into Sunday night football. Rams Eagles. Rams Eagles. Why was that flexed against Jared Goff? Has there been a single game flexed out of Sunday night football yet? Nope. Steelers Ravens does look interesting because uh, of everything we said earlier, but I would still have taken uh, Rams Eagles over it in a heartbeat. Um,. The only argument maybe against it is that the Eagles will have already sealed their playoff place tonight if Washington win. So, maybe not. Anyway, right, guys, I think we've rambled on long enough. Uh, <laughs> and... There was a lot of rambling there. <laughs> yeah, and Can uh, I there just was ask a... a question, Will? Yeah, go on. When is this podcast going out? In about 15 minutes, t- 20 minutes' time, hopefully. Just so the listeners know, it's not Wednesday night football. This game is not taking place tonight, it's tomorrow. I was going to let that slide, but, you know, well done. (laughs) Well done, Sherry, for being a pedant. Unbelievable. Maybe I'll put it out out Um, tomorrow. Please do, I'm really sorry. Just in a strop. I'm just going to stroppily get it it up online and not publish it until tomorrow morning. Willie, Willie, just (laughs) if you're in a strop, how many pounds do you lose? (laughs) Great work, mate. Great work. He's back in the room. Uh, uh, all right, guys. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything else you want to bring to the mix? That playoff time's nearly here. It's exciting. Playoff Yay! time is nearly here. Uh, ben at Touchdown Trips can meet all your playoff needs. If you want to go and watch your team playoff football, that's one dream of mine to see a playoff game at Lambeau. 
I know it won't happen this season, but if your team is destined for the playoffs, Eagles fans or whatever, there's still packages available to go out to Philadelphia and watch your team in Philadelphia play playoff one-shot football. Love it. Nice. Great work. All right, boys. In which case, I think we're done. Thank you very much for listening. This has been a rather rambling but quite fun Gridiron Show. <laughs>